of Nolan Knows Bets podcast with your host, Connor Nolan. Follow on Twitter at CMEDS11, C-M-E-D-S-1-1 for picks and podcast drops. Download, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Give a rating. It's all very much appreciated. You know, before we dive into week four recap and week five picks, I just need to address the refereeing on the field. I mean, these guys legit do not call offensive holding ever. If you're a head coach out there and you notice this, why wouldn't you just tell your offensive line just to hold on every play? They literally don't call it fucking ever. The Stanford-Washington game only had seven total penalties and only three were called leading up to the fourth quarter. The fuck is going on out there? They don't call anything. I mean, it's it's cool. I get it. You like want to make the kids play, whatever. But also, like, why the fuck would I want to play so, a fucking game where I'm being constantly held and can't get to the fucking quarterback ever or anywhere? You guys don't fucking call it. The reason you fucking call penalties is because it prevents it later on. Cause, because if you fucking keep calling it and the guy keeps fucking doing it, then everybody's going to be like, why the fuck do you keep holding the guy? So you call the fucking penalty and then... To prevent him from fucking doing it for the rest of the game. I mean, what the fuck are they doing out there? It's, just, it's getting out of fucking control. But how do you how do you get one called on? Uh, and the next one, just with targeting. like You get one called on you and you're ejected. And then you're suspended for the first half of the next game. You know, the NCAA will try to play it off like, ah, we're trying to help player safety, blah, blah, blah. But uh, what the fuck is that doing? So the guy's malicious, okay, you know, you figure it out. But, like, most of the time, it's all fucking accidental. These guys are leading with their heads. I get it. It's tough. But ejected after one fucking penalty of that? Make it two. It makes more sense that way. Stop getting these key players ejected over something they're not, they don't even mean to be doing. But it's just getting ridiculous at this point. But enough bitching about the refs. It just drives me insane. We'll just jump into week four recap, starting with that Clemson-Wake Forest game. Both these offenses dominated. Ugalele threw for five touchdowns, while Hardman threw for six touchdowns, sending it into overtime, and Clemson was able to edge out the victory. Wake Forest was still able to cover that seven-point spread, but both teams have top-notch offenses and defenses. Definitely need a little work. Uh, both these teams with a tough matchup next week. Clemson taking on NC State. And Wake goes down to Florida State. We'll keep an eye out for those games. Maybe we'll have a play. We'll see. But uh, next was uh, TCU traveling to SMU. Short travel. Where Sonny Dice took on his former team. TCU was able to jump out to a quick 28-7 to lead in the first half. SMU was able to get a score before halftime. Bring it to 28-14. And then they brought it to within one score early in the second half, but gave up some big plays and just couldn't get it um, 
just couldn't get it done to tie it or even take the lead. Mordecai with a key, few key mistakes in this one, a couple of interceptions. Wasn't the most impressed with TCU, but they came out with a victory and gives us a one-unit loss, unfortunately. TCU takes on uh, Sooners, on the Sooners, and SMU travels to UCF for in-conference battles, and you know we'll definitely keep an eye out. Notre Dame travel to Chapel Hill. North Carolina take on Tar Heels. A lot of public money on UNC in this matchup, and I don't know why. I guess because Notre Dame's quarterback situation was up in the air, but you know this is Notre Dame we're talking about here. And going against an inexperienced Tar Heel team, I don't know. It's, it just made sense to me. Also, this UNC defense is fucking absolutely terrible. I mean, they let Drew Pine tear them up. 250 yards, three touchdowns, no uh, interceptions. And Notre Dame also just tore it up on the ground. 300 yards rushing. Just absolute domination. Uh, gave us a nice two-unit win. Wish I put more on this. Love that play. But that was my pick of the week. I'm going to try to start doing that now. That was definitely my pick of the week this week. The week before that was Oregon, which we won. Uh, if I had a week, pick of the week the first week, it probably would have been, well, week zero would have been Illinois, we won that, and then Utah, we lost that, so I'm going to go three and one with those, and then, you know, you'll hear my pick of the week as we move along in this episode, but uh, Florida Gators traveled to Knoxville, Tennessee, took on the old Rocky Top. Uh, we took the over here for one unit at 62, and that cashed. Was looking shaky at first since they only scored a combined three points uh, in the first quarter, uh, but they, yeah, but you know that's college football for you. It can go zero to hundred in a heartbeat. But great SEC crowd here with the checkered orange and white everywhere. I mean, you just gotta love it. That shit's awesome. Tennessee clearly looked like the better team out there. Uh, Richardson finally threw his first touchdown for Florida, but you know they still couldn't get the job done. I'm honestly surprised this team even beat Utah to start the season. They look absolutely terrible, and Utah looks like a stud team. But maybe it's just a crowd opening night. Who knows? But uh, both teams, uh, Tennessee and Florida, lived up to the usual hype. They just score against each other at will, which gave us the cash and the win. You know, I think the I think it was like 71 total points, but uh, easy win. Minnesota headed up to Sparty. Michigan State coming off that uh, loss to Washington. Minnesota absolutely dominated this game. Final final score was 34-7, and like Michigan scored seven points with like 17 seconds left in this game. So, I mean, Minnesota, pure domination. Um, they just didn't even let Michigan State do anything on offense, you know, while Ibrahim and Morgan had their way. They will be a tough team in this conference play, and we'll keep an eye out for future plays, but... This one cash for a nice two-unit easy win. Thank you, PJ Fleck, old Rutgers, old Rutgers guy. Gotta appreciate it. Oregon traveled to Pullman in a back-and-forth battle with Wazoo. Led for almost the whole game, and then Oregon made a great comeback in the fourth quarter. Both offenses tore it up. Wazoo quarterback Ward looked good, but also all they, had, all they were doing were passes in the flat, dump offs the entire game. The wide receivers for them were good on the yards after catch, but where where is Oregon on making adjustments to this? I mean, like, every time it was just, it, like, you need to challenge the guy and make him throw downfield. You're talking about a Division One AA quarterback last year who's not used to playing on this type of level, but too many thinking dunks that you allowed and then just too many big plays. I mean, the I give the wide receivers credit for Wazoo. They had a lot of yards after catch. 
Um, you know, they made good plays against them. But uh, Bo Nix had an absolute great game, too, for Oregon. Threw for 428 yards with three touchdowns and one interception. Uh, we were – Oregon was behind all game and didn't think uh, – I didn't think they would squeak this one out, but it came close as Oregon was up three, then had a pick six to put us into the covering spot. But Washington State threw one deep. For some reason, Oregon just wasn't covering the long pass attempt. I mean, that's literally all he had to do. I think it was like third and 25. He threw it to the one. They caught it and punched it in. Um, Couldn't recover the onside kick for Wazoo. So, of course, uh, they cover, giving us the two-unit loss. Uh, you know, I wasn't too pissed about it because we weren't really supposed to cover that game anyway. We would have got lucky. But uh, tuning a loss on that one. Arkansas and A&M went into Dallas at Jerry's World. Razorbacks took a quick 14-0 lead in the first quarter to start off the game, but then the Aggies were quick to score 13 points in the second quarter, bringing the game 14-13 at half. Uh, Max Johnson and K.J. Jefferson both just suck at throwing the ball. So mostly just a lot of running and scrambling going on. Razorbacks were able to gain almost 250 yards rushing on A&M, where they are weak but still couldn't come out with the victory. Had a chance at the end with a game-winning field goal, but doinked it off the top rope right and gave the Aggies a victory. You know, if he, if he kicked that like a foot higher, clears the upright, probably called good, but what are you going to do? Um Went down on that one when you... Oh, I'm sorry. We pushed on that one. It was a plus two. We had it at. So, uh, nothing there. Uh, don't know if I have much to say about Rutgers. Didn't look good for a nice crowd that showed up, but giving up two defensive touchdowns to Iowa will never give us the win. Just a shit game all around. And now Rutgers travels to Ohio State. 41-point underdogs. Uh, they better get their shit together, honestly, with this quarterback situation. Simon didn't look bad, but, you know, also didn't look good. I mean, how, how do you go throwing the ball for, like, 50 yards last week? And now he's throwing the ball 50 fucking times. I know you can't run it against Iowa, but Jesus Christ. I mean, it, we're paying this offensive coordinator a lot of money. And we better get our shit together, honestly. Like, this offense just looks so terrible. It's one of the worst I've seen. Get together. You're starting to get your guys in here. Now they got to perform. Wim's at, you don't even fucking play him, and that's one of your top guys are coming in with the hype. So, you know, if if you're not getting it done, I mean, I don't know why we're paying this guy so much. You know, total ineptitude on this offense, unfortunately. They need to step their shit up because I can't, I can't take watching some of those games the way it looked. But uh, UNLV took on struggling uh, Utah State. Uh, quarterback Brumfield had a day for UNLV while Utah State Bonner threw five interceptions and what pretty much decided this one. No outstanding stats or anything except for those takeaways. UNLV didn't overpower Utah State, but Utah State just can't get out of their own way this year. Bonner really struggling, coming off winning the Mountain West last season. Now the Mountain West seems totally up for grabs. A lot of names you wouldn't expect coming into the year vying for the top spot. UNLV... Air Force and Fresno, I think, are probably the frontrunners now. But definitely a down year for this conference. Usually good teams just aren't performing like they usually do. Uh, San Diego State, Boise, Nevada, all pretty trash this year. So we'll see who comes out on top. Uh, Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. Had a bit of a scare up in Corvallis, Oregon, against the Beavers. 
final score ended 17-14. Pretty much the complete opposite of what everyone everyone was expecting. Um, but both quarterbacks had some terrible games. Chance Nolan threw four picks and had no touchdowns. Uh, unfortunately, devastating showing by Oregon's uh, offense, Oregon State's offense. Uh, running game wasn't bad, but still only scoring one, one touchdown against USC. Just won't get it done. Surprisingly, though, it almost did. USC drove down the field and took the lead on a touch with a touchdown with just over a minute remaining. Caleb Williams didn't look much better either with just throwing 180 yards with one touchdown. No interceptions, at least, but still not the Caleb Williams we're used to seeing. Definitely a huge wake-up call for USC, and uh, they need to tighten things up over there. I mean, you're going to have some tougher Pac-12 games coming in. You know, as the season goes on, it's going to get more intense, but uh, we still cover on that one, get a nice one-unit play. Uh, finale from Saturday night was uh, highly touted for me, at least Stanford at Washington, and this wasn't much of a game, unfortunately. Stanford just couldn't get many stops on defense, and their offensive line just couldn't hold it together when passing. I think they had like five sacks in the first quarter. It was bad. Running game was working a little bit, but also McGee. Like, every time there's pressure, he just puts his head down and just starts running and goes nowhere. I don't know what the hell he's even doing. They're like, keep your eyes up. If it's a broken play, keep your eye up. You're scrambling. Maybe you can make something fucking happen or, or throw it away. I mean, these college quarterbacks are just taking too many sacks and too many loss of yards. I mean, you're, if it's second, if it's like a first down, first and 10, and now you, you fucking get sacked from 10 yards, second and 20, these guys usually don't even recover from that, especially with an offensive like this. Uh, Penix looked okay. Didn't really have to do too much. Stanford looked inept on offense and seemed like Shaw didn't even have a plan for this game. Uh, I don't know why all this hype is about with this NFL. I mean, Sanford really hasn't really even been doing much. I mean, they look to- terribly bad. It's totally unprepared. Um, and they were just coming out that bye week, too. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm going to stay off Stanford for a little bit, uh, see how they do the next few matchups. Lost this one for two units and also lost the one unit under. Another Stanford decides to score in the last few minutes to hit the over to just fuck us even more. Uh, but overall recap for week four was five and four. It's up like 0.15 units, bringing us to the overall record, 1918, and uh, down 1.25 units overall. Uh, at least we got another week coming in and get us moving again. Uh, so now on to the week five games and uh, get, a little, uh, get a couple weekday games, a couple Friday nighters I'll give you right off the bat. Uh, Thursday coming in right now. It's actually on right now. BYU against uh, Utah State. And BYU is just struggling with them. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. But first game I'm going to play, it's uh, UTSA at Middle Tennessee State. UTSA minus four over under 63. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, who just came off an ass whooping over Miami. I mean, nobody expected that, but... We can confirm the U is not back. Now the Roadrunners come in as a four-point favorite. This line did open up with UTSA being a five-and-a-half. But I like the Roadrunners here. Sure, Middle Tennessee State is coming off that big win, but also puts them in a big letdown spot going into a good playing against a good UTSA team in conference play, too. UTSA hasn't been living up to what I would like to see them 
Uh, but this team is not bad. I mean, they're ranked top 10 in the country in passing offense. This Middle Tennessee State team is okay and had that big win over Miami, but also were blown out by James Madison 44-7. to uh, This team ranks well on defense against the run, but that's not really what the strong suit uh, anymore for UTSA offenses. You know, they lose McCormick, but they like to throw the ball. They have good receivers, and they have Harris as quarterback, who is pretty good. Uh, I just think UTSA matches up well here, and given the spot uh, coming off that win Middle Tennessee State had against Miami, you know, I, I like UTSA here. Um, taking them for one unit at minus four. Um, book it. Washington. Washington Huskies at UCLA Bruins. UCLA plus three, over under 65 and a half. Yeah, these Washington Huskies again on my list, but uh, coming down to SoCal, take on Chip Kelly and the UCLA team. Both teams coming in 4-0. UCLA had some trouble with South Alabama and just squeezed out that victory. But that South Alabama team is sneaky good this year. Very tough battle. Um, Denard Robinson returns uh, for UCLA and has been having a good year thus far, but also hasn't played anyone yet this season. Uh, while Washington has two good wins over Michigan State and Stanford, I mean, not like any of these those teams are good, much better, but it's better than what UCLA has gone up against. Uh, Pennix Jr. has been having quite the year as well, already over 1,000 yards and has only thrown one pick. But now he's going up against Chip Kelly and the UCLA team that's looking to make some noise this year. I think they've been looking good thus far. Robinson, you know, returned for his senior year. Uh, number one running back from last year, Zach Charbonnet. And this team, you know, they were pretty good last year, 8-4, and four, but couldn't play in a bowl game probably because due to COVID and being out of California, who the hell knows. But still, though, this team does have experience and has a few key veterans on this squad. That will help in a tough matchup like this one. And their defense has been playing pretty well. I think it's better than the ones you see in the past from UCLA. Uh, for the Huskies, you have a few new pieces at key positions who are still meshing together and haven't experienced a big road gate conference battle together like this one yet. All Washington has played are home games up to this point. I can't get behind a team where they're playing their first road away game together against a high-powered opponent like UCLA and in conference. Um, now UCLA does have Utah next week, but I can't see a look ahead spot here as Washington has been rolling in our rank. So they're putting, they're definitely going to be putting a lot of uh, time and energy into this one. And I'm putting my faith in chipping this UCLA team to get, get this one done or at least cover. Um, uh, going UCLA one unit at plus three. Always love the dogs at home too. Uh, that'll do it for the Friday night games, uh, heading into Saturday games, uh, with this dumbass hurricane coming up, it's just fucking up some games I like, of course. And always got to try to factor that in. I mean, it's going to be high winds down south. I don't think much of my games that I'm reviewing have much to do with it. But uh, a couple games moving around to Sunday, too. But we'll get to that. Oklahoma Sooners at TCU. Sooners coming in minus six and a half point favorites. Um, Sooners coming off that brutal loss to Kansas State. And very embarrassing. Oklahoma got cooked by Adrian Martinez. You know, they just couldn't contain him. He ran for 150 yards himself. But the Sooners still tore it up on offense as Gabriel has been looking really good this year. 
even the rushing attack has been very impressive and doesn't look like it's slowing down. Uh, I watched the TCU at SMU game last week, and they did not. I mean, they did look good in the first half, but also just kept SMU around. Uh, didn't look anything that impressive to me, but you know, Brent Venable ain't looking to get embarrassed again, especially by another in-conference team. You know, they're going to be eyeing this one up as they need a bounce-back win and bad. I can't see TCU's defense stopping this offense along with Gabriel. Oklahoma needs a statement win, and they're going to look for a blowout here to show they are still a force in the Big 12. Also, TCU was in a good spot last week with Sonny Dykes returned to his old school. Uh, he knew Mordecai, Mordecai and had the fans there were from TCU. Kind of a bad read by me last week, probably just should have stayed away. I kind of just, I don't know, I thought SMU would have kept it close, but it's going to be definitely a better game for Oklahoma. You know, they have a lot more weapons and something TCU hasn't seen yet this year, that high power of an offense. You know, I'm going I'm going the Sooners minus six, buying that half a point for one unit. Uh, Illinois traveling to Wisconsin. Badgers minus seven, over under 43. Uh, Badgers taking on the old ball coach from 10 years ago and Brett Bilema and this Lion-Eye uh, squad. Badgers coming off that brutal ass whooping they typically get from Ohio State. And now they're looking for that bounce back win. It will be difficult versus this Illini team as they are a tough squad. I mean, you've been hearing me talk about them for a while now. Um, they should be 4-0 if they didn't blow that game against Indiana. But this line stinks to high heaven. Wisconsin minus 7 at home versus Illinois. Everyone and their mother is going to be hopping on the Badgers because... They see the loss to Indiana from Illinois, and the wins just aren't, I guess, against greatest teams for Illinois, but the Lemon has this team believing and playing well. They control pretty much that entire Indiana game they lost. I see them making this a game. Graham Mertz is just terrible. On the slightest bit of discomfort, he'll fold. Also, Illinois, they just need to stick with running the ball, uh, which I think they will with Brown. Guy is lead, the leading rusher in the NCAA right now, and the Badgers can't defend the run for shit. Control the time of possession, get some good runs in there, limit any big plays, I'll bail out Mertz and company. I'm not saying Illinois wins this one, but I see them keeping this close and covering that seven-point spread. Give me the Illini, plus seven, one unit. Oregon State at Utah. Utah, minus 10.5, over under 55. Um, traveling to Salt Lake City in that high altitude, uh, Oregon State, Taking on the rolling Utes. Uh, Beavers coming off a tough loss to USC. Where, you know, they had a chance to win that game. But uh, quarterback Chance Nolan, big fan of the show. You know, Nolan knows, baby. Had a big, bad game through four picks. No touchdowns, but still had a chance to win. Um, now the Beavers have their hands full again in back-to-back weeks. And the Utes haven't lost since their opener versus Florida. But I think this is just too many points in this situation for the Beavers. Uh, I think Nolan has a bounce back game, and this, you know, I'm actually expect I should I would have expected this line to be bigger, and I definitely would have taken it, obviously. But I still think ten points is a lot. But uh, I think Nolan just needs another bounce back game. I don't think he's as terrible as he's shown, especially against the USC USC defense like that. Maybe he settles in here. Um, you know, they did have a packed house last week. Maybe, I don't know, nerves or something. I don't know. But uh, 
the Utes passing game just hasn't been the best as well in running game either. I mean, running back Thomas, I was so high on him, and he's just not been playing as well as I expected him to. Um, you know, they've been beating teams handily these last few weeks, but they haven't been, you know, going up against the greatest competition. Arizona State, San Diego State stinks. Uh, they lost to Florida. Florida stinks now too. And I honestly can't believe the Gators even beat them in the opener. Um, but also, the Beavers have been playing good competition so far this year and have been in it every game and playing well. You know, I'm sticking with the Beavers here. One unit plus 10.5. I just, I don't think they'll win, obviously, but 10.5, um, you know, coming off that tough loss to USC. But Utah hasn't been impressing me as much as I thought they would. But uh, I like I like Oregon State to cover here. I'm taking them one unit. Uh, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor minus two and a half over under 56 and a half. Cowboys traveling over Waco, taking on the Baylor Bears, and uh, which will turn into a rematch from the 2021 Big Ten Championship game where Baylor went on to win 21 16. And you know, Oklahoma State has this one in their sight. You know, they had this marked on their calendars. They're looking for a nice conference opener win here and looking for payback from last year. They knew they were the better team last year, and I think they still have uh, one here this year. Baylor fared better than what I uh, thought they would have in the BYU game, but also BYU hasn't been looking good at all. Got smoked by Oregon, had a tough time with Wyoming, and currently right now having a tough time with Utah State, who's been terrible as well. And I've been high on this Oklahoma State team from the beginning. I think they have a lot of potential and are looking for another shot at the Big 12 title. Also, the Cowboys are coming off a bye week, which gave them an extra week for prep. Didn't work out for Stanford last week, but I would suspect Gundy is all over this, looking to get a statement win early and first win in conference. I'm liking the Cowboys a lot here, taking them for two units, and will probably be my only two-unit play this week, but that's making this the game of the week. Hop on it. Oklahoma State plus three, buying the half a point for two units. Cal at Washington State. Cal plus four over under 53 and a half. Uh, you know, this number jumps out at me. The Cal, Cal traveling away to Pullman, where Wazoo is pretty much coming off almost a win to Oregon. You know, kind of a heartbreaker and all, but they led the whole game. But uh, now they take on an opponent who's definitely not on the same level as Oregon and only favored by four. Just seems fishy. Uh, but I like Cal as a team. The quarterback, Plummer, transferred from Purdue. is decent, has a good arm. But they're going to look to run the balls. They're coming off a huge rushing game against Arizona. Uh, they've also played some good competition thus far, as well as with wins over UNLV and beat Arizona last week and gave uh, Notre Dame a run for their money. Um, and South Bend, too. Um, I think Arizona State... We'll have a little bit of a hangover from last week with an emotional, physically draining kind of game. They wanted that one and needed it, but came up short. Uh, and at the end, too, I mean, they had it. But uh, now they're going against a better Cal defense, and Ward will start getting a taste of uh, the better competition week in and week out. Um, Cal just needs a, to challenge Wazoo in the air down the field. All Wazoo does is throw the ball 100 times a game and never run. They look... I love that dink and dunk stuff, like I said earlier in the show. So just need to watch out for that, prevent any big plays. But I think Cal is in a good spot here and 
having playing some good games. I'm going with Cal Berkeley, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Marshawn Lynch, alma mater for one unit at plus four. Cincinnati travel to Tulsa. Tulsa plus 10 over under 58 and a half. Uh, now this was a tough one for me as both teams are playing some good football and now heading into conference play, both of them. Not many people see Tulsa as a good team, but these guys gave Ole Miss a run for their money. Uh, last week only losing by one score at Ole Miss too, nonetheless. Now the Bearcats travel to Tulsa, uh, and since he has been playing well, blowing out Indiana, giving Arkansas problems in the opener. Uh, ultimately lost by seven, but still the Razorbacks are a good team. Uh, they do lose a lot from last year, like Ritter and Sauce Gardner, but still a solid squad. I just think you know this is a lot of points to give Tulsa, especially the way Tulsa's quarterback, uh, Davis Brin, has been playing. Uh, he's thrown for 1,300 yards with 12 touchdowns and one interception. Uh, the guy could play and will cause trouble with Cincy defense, who has been solid, even though they lost a few guys to the NFL. But uh, I just think 10 points is way too many especially from how like Tulsa especially playing in conference here with their you know coming out at home too I mean it's a lot of points I'm give me Tulsa uh plus 10 for one unit sprinkle a little money on the uh sprinkle a little on the money line for the boys unfortunately don't like much of these night games Clemson and NC State will be a good matchup uh I think seven points is a little much as Clemson almost lost a weight just a few weeks ago, or just a week ago. Staying away from, you know, any late night games on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, not so fast, my friends. We we do got a couple games on Sunday because of Hurricane Ian fucking everything up in the South. But uh, SMU traveling to UCF, UCF minus three, over under 64 and a half. Um, Going over to Orlando, where hopefully conditions won't be too fucked up from the hurricane, but we'll get a nice college football game on Sunday while NFL Red Zone will be on. Uh, will be tough, but got to double TV it. If you don't have two TVs in your living room, man cave or wherever, what the hell are you even doing? Are you even a sports fan? Come on. It's football. It's fall. Get some two TV action going. I mean, Saturday during the games for college football, I have two TVs my computer, and my phone with games going. And, yeah, I'm the fucking man. I already know that. But, nonetheless, get it together. But SMU coming off that loss to TCU at home now takes on that 3-1 and UCF team that doesn't impress me a whole lot as their quarterback can't throw for shit. And it's mostly a scrambler, which could go either way. Uh, SMU has had trouble with the running game, and I, I can't trust this their defense for Dick, and I also can't trust this UCF offense either. I do like SMU, but I'm going to stay away from this one and think more about it. Um, it might just be too risky, and I don't want to force anything like I did last week. Uh, maybe an ad on Sunday, but we'll post it on Twitter as the official play. Just too risky. Um, but that'll put another week in the books for this college football season. Already week five coming up, and I'm just as excited as week one. Honestly, I appreciate all the listens from you guys. Please recommend to other friends who like college football and could hopefully bring some winners to you guys. Uh, but to recap, picks for week five. Friday night, we're going with UTSA plus four, UCLA plus three. Saturday games, Oklahoma minus six, the Illini plus seven, Oregon State plus ten and a half, Oklahoma State plus three, game of the week. Don't forget. 
That's two units. Uh, Cal plus four and Tulsa plus 10. All right, that'll do it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Tune into Twitter, whatever you got to do. But I uh, hope you guys have some fun. Enjoy the games. Thanks.